Since 1965, the ACEC Life Health Trust has provided innovative health care benefits and services to ACEC member firms. We offer a variety of benefits to meet the unique needs of your firm, including fully insured, level funded, stop loss, and ancillary products. Visit our website at aceclifehealthtrust.com to learn more about our affordable employee benefit options for ACEC member firms, backed by the financial strength of the ACEC Life Health Trust. Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And today, we are putting a spotlight on some recent projects that were award winners in our Engineering Excellence program, especially our most recent awards in 2022, but just wrapped in the end of May. Uh, It was great to finally be back in person for those awards. And today, we're looking at the Kalispell Core and Rail Redevelopment Project in beautiful Kalispell, Montana really just the gateway to Glacier National Park. It is just one of those fantastic places that's unique and truly American. Um, If you want to see unspoiled nature and if you want to see just, you have to be there to actually understand exactly how beautiful this area of the country is. It is just truly, truly God's country. And this is a project that was uh, really designed to accentuate that and to help the city and the town of Kalispell, um, and it's and it's continued development. And to talk about this, we're very pleased to be welcoming Catherine King. She is the assistant director of community and economic development for the city of Kalispell, and uh, Mark Roeder. He's the civil engineer who worked on the project with KLJ. And joining the conversation is also our very own Chris Grindler, uh, who is our director of marketing. Uh, and Chris, I'm going to kick it back over to you. Thanks, Jeff. So Catherine and Mark, let's let's talk about the project. Let's let's dive right in. So it was the Kalispell Core and Rail Redevelopment Project. So let's can you just kind of paint a picture for our listeners so they really understand the full scope and and what went into the the build. So the project in general really is two phases. It's about um, re removing the um, historical railroad tracks that bifurcated the city uh, because uh, time, while the railroad developed Kalispell, Kalispell exists because of the railroad. Um, At some point, of course, uh, growth leapfrogged around that and it became a a kind of a chokehold on the city, if you will. So when we at one time had maybe dozens, three dozen businesses that were being served by the railroad, uh, we, in the, uh, 2000s got to a point where we were down to just two, and yet the here was this um, historic uh, industrial use cutting through the middle of town. So the project was to move that rail use outside the city, just to actually to the edge of the city, and then come back and uh, reuse that space. Um, we actually were able to acquire the BNSF right of way and turn that into basically a rail to trail project through rail banking. So that's the two phases. That's kind of the, the short version of, of the what. Um, I would say if we want to get around to the pieces about um, how, mm-hmm. a lot of that was really some important pieces were public engagement, really mm-hmm. um, ro- very robust public engagement, um, planning, partnerships, and perseverance. I mean, this was a 12-year project. 
I mean, it looks looking at this is $25 million long-term project with a lot of stakeholders. Uh, you know, looking at this, it's, it's not only the city of Kalispell, um, but the Flathead County Economic Development Authority, the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, BNSF, uh, WACO, CHS Incorporated, US EPA, I mean, DOT, US Economic Development Administration. And, and, and how do you, you know, talk about that public investment uh, and public engagement work. I mean, how were you able to get all of these varying agencies on the same page and, and of course, the community to buy in and, and support this project along the way? I mean, what was that process like? So I think you really have to go back to where we started in, in 08, 09, 10. You know, Kalispell, like much of the country, was feeling the effects of the Great Recession. We were just beginning um, at the city learning about brownfields and how that um, EPA brownfields program was an opportunity for us because we, like many other communities, have have lots of brownfield sites. Um, and so, how do we how do we address that? And at the same time, our partner in this community, Flathead County Economic Development Authority, FACETA, was had been working for over twenty years trying to find. Um, place to build a rail park and being able to bring new businesses to this valley, which is really remote, right? We didn't quite say that earlier, but we're 120 miles from the nearest yep. interstate. And so it's a beautiful part of the world, but it's off the beaten path. And so uh, business doesn't get here by accident and we have to work to make sure that we build and create those access points to markets outside of this community. Um, so, so we really, I think, started with a 2010 EPA, I know, Brownfields um, area-wide planning grant. That was a pilot program at the time. Uh, that's what got us started with the core area plan. That core area plan was the uh, absolute foundation, critical piece to making this project successful. Um, the core area is that railroad corridor, so fancy name. Um, and we had about 1,100 parcels, 450 property owners in that 365-acre area. As we went through this planning process, the city took a really concerted effort towards um, working with the community and asking what they wanted to see happen. Um, and so, in fact, of those 450 property owners, give or take, we met one-on-one -on -one with 139 of them. Wow. You know, what do you like? What could be better? What can we do? Should we stay out of your way? You know, give us some direction about what you see. And it was amazing how time and again, people had the same answers. It was time for the tracks to go. They wanted a greener, more walkable community. And really, regardless of their place in life, so from seniors who were saying, look, I can imagine a day when I'm going to, I want to stay independent. I want to live independently. I want to be able to walk to restaurants and grocery stores, but I don't want to live out in the country and need a car. Or younger folks who were coming and wanted sort of that more urban lifestyle in town, and yet the beauty of being in the Flathead is you're just, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour from um, pretty spectacular wilderness areas. So uh, it was amazing to hear really consistently from folks in this community about those priorities. Um, and then that led us, once the core area plan was adopted, um, based on those comments from our, our community, 
that led us to applying to the USDOT Tiger program and third time, right? It took us three times to get that grant, uh, but that $10 million is really the, the basis that allowed us to do, to carry out the, the goals of the plan. Um, Mark and I, are fortunate. we've been around since the beginning of this project and there were, um, Tom Jens was with the planning department here at the time and um, Kim Morisaki was with Flathead Valley or Flathead Community Flathead County Economic Development Authority. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I can't say it anymore. Um, and so, but yet, of course, over the period of 12 years, it's really been a marathon or, or a relay race, if you will. And so we kind of keep passing the torch and so many people have been a part of it and made it successful. And I think that's pretty encouraging as well to see that there's so many chances for people to become involved and be part of making a really um, important difference in our community transforming the community and if i may build on what we talked about for that the quarterly plan it really was the basis that made as you were asking the question about how do we get all those agencies together with the quarterly plan and the amount of participation by the public and businesses in downtown and their vision of what they wanted with the tiger grant it was that much easier to go to bnsf watco um, all the other agencies that we're working with, MDT, all these other agencies, and said, look, here is a project that people want. They, they, they've spoken. This is what the vision they have for, for Kalispell, and we have the funding. Now we just need your help to make what the community wants come to fruition. Yeah, uh, it's, it, yeah. It, you know, it, it's amazing what can happen when you actually get all these people together on board. You, you, you hear what they would want to see, how they want their community to develop, and you present that plan to, you know, as, as, a, as a comprehensive answer to agencies, and then they're going to be more willing to take, take advantage of that. Um, you know, some, some, I mean, some of the work that was done on the Brownfields area, I mean, you know, that, that was looking at some of the remediation that was done. You had a kind of a mix of things you had to tackle. I mean, not just, you know, the you know, petroleum and, and hydrocarbons, but then also, you know, PCBs, asbestos, paint, lead-based paint, arsenic. You had issues related to, you know, past mining activity, the railroad activity, uh, soil groundwater issues. I mean, you know, from an engineering perspective, how did you tackle that? How did you say, okay, you know, this is how we're going to actually look and, and, and deal with these environmental impacts? Did you want to talk about the folks that you have on board that you can work with on a regular basis to for those um, Yeah, areas? yeah. I, I, there's probably a couple ways to approach this mm -hmm. question. And so for my role, mm -hmm. uh, I think part of it was recognizing, you know, we brought Brownfields dollars to bear early on uh, because there was an mm -hmm. old gravel pit, so a, a played out open pit mine is what it's technically called. Um, and so, and it happened, okay. by the way, to be immediately adjacent and somewhat overlapping a state Superfund site. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier. Um, and tie treatment is nasty stuff, right? So um, dealing with that and some of that property was privately owned and some of it was owned by DNRC. And then there was the piece, of course, that was railroad owned. And then there was a piece that the gravel pit owner. And so all of that was pretty, it, it was kind of just a big 
ball of twine, I guess. It was kind of all wadded up. Um, but we were able to sort of just peel that layer, one layer at a time, peel that onion and, and address the remediation that was needed, work with the Montana Department of Environmental Quality. Um, EDA actually had funded a grant for a million dollars to our partner, Casita, uh, because they were trying to buy, as I said earlier, property where they could build um, access to the rail to get product in and out of this remote area. Well, they Casita was about to have to return that money to EDA because they were having so much trouble finding a place to land. Um, the city was able to say, hey, we're aware of this played out gravel pit. It's right on the edge of the city. Um, this might be a great place by the way the railroad tracks go right by and there's already a spur into it. So let's see if we can make that happen. Let's note that it's only 44 acres. And so in the world, generally, when you're going to build an industrial rail park, yeah. we all know that 44 acres with 28 of it being developable is probably not ideal. But a lot of this is about um, making lemonade, right? We, as a community, recognized that we needed to do the best we could. And the best we could do was find this spot. And so, so working together um, with EPA and with DEQ and with property owners, um, we were able to, to do it. But let me have Mark speak to it from an engineer. Sure. Yeah, from an engineer standpoint, it made it easy that we had that core area plan and we had the support of these agencies. And, and I think they saw the vision of what Kalispell could be. And we had some local folks from DEQ and BNSF here that were, were motivated to make the project happen. So on our side, for engineering standpoint, it was easy to identify what each agency, their critical issues were and how we would work around it. I.e., We had monitoring wells that we had to maintain and make sure that they were uh, maintained and that it could still be used for their for the continued work below ground for the for the Superfund site along the trail downtown, I the city had worked with uh, several um, brownfields contractors to identify these areas of issue, and then while we were constructing it, we had protocols if we came into which we did in areas where there was some suspect soils, but we had all that groundwork laid out, and we had agencies that were willing to work with us and help us identify. The pitfalls so we avoided a lot of issues before we even went to went to construction i think that was the key is that we had support from the from the agencies and we had identified most of the pitfalls before we went to, to construction so clearly uh, yeah, a lot of work went into to this project 12 years some challenges came up that you worked through obviously right and at this point how is it, is the community taking it in and said, Hey, we, you know, are they actively engaging with this, the, the new project with what's been built, the core area, I guess is what it's called, right? It really started really with the downtown trail and complete street. Cause the glacier rail park was great, but we we're mostly working with the business and folks cause it was kind of out of side of town. It wasn't really sexy as it were, but when we got down to the trail, that's when the public really jumped in and wanted to see, we had a week long, we call it a deep, deep dive. And during that week long deep dive, we had a great suggestion from the manager of Watco. He was in contact with folks that had speeder cars. These are the older cars that in the past, they would run up and down the rails, checking the rails, doing inspections. Well, folks now refurbish those and they run them along the trail. Well, we had eight or nine of them 
So those are hobbyists. These are hobbyists. They're, we had about eight or nine of those that they came down and we ran up and down the 1.6 miles downtown with folks, with the public. So they can get a bird's eye view from the trail on what it might look like from walking the trail eventually. And after we had them, actually had, I think, over 100 folks run up and down the trail with those speeder cars. After they came off, we gave them a survey to ask them their thoughts on the trail, which worked out great. We got some great comments on what did the public want to see once the rail was done. And I think this is an important point to stop at because, you know, your average community member wasn't walking the tracks. So they really, I mean, we talked about pull up the tracks and put in a trail, but they didn't know what they were going to be getting. I mean, they didn't hang out at the tracks. So it was an amazing event. And in fact, I will say it was was almost dangerous because people had so much fun riding those speeder cars that day. There was a little bit of, oh, can we keep, yeah, a few suggestions, <laughs> can we keep the tracks and keep going on these rider rides on these little speeder cars? So there was a little risk in that event, but um, nonetheless, and I, I think, um, and maybe this is jumping back a little bit, but one of the things overall, I mean, this was a 12 year, pro I mean, we're, we're doing a ribbon cutting on July 21st, right? So we're just about to do the ribbon cutting on the, on the, mm -hmm. now we named it the park line. And um, getting to that point wasn't just about the early work and it yeah. wasn't, I guess what I want to say is it wasn't ever just a one-time touch with the community or with the agencies. Over those 12 years, it has been a critical piece to continue communicating, communicating with our partners, mm -hmm. um, trying to keep us all mm -hmm. kind of our arms linked <laughs> together and, and yeah. Hurting the cats. Well, that's kind of what yeah. it is. Also, helping mm -hmm. folks remember you're being really successful. Keep at this because 12 years is yeah. a long, <laughs> long time. And people forget. Yeah. And then also reaching out within the community. So whenever, a, I mean, a business group would invite us or the Elks or the Eagles or whatever animal club you had or the Rotary, whenever they'd invite us, we would go and speak and present about where we are in the process and and give them updates because otherwise it's really hard to keep that momentum going. Yep. Um, and and as Mark said, you, you know, we had to first build a rail park, and then you had to move to businesses, no small thing. Let them get built, new facilities. Then, then you can come back and start to tear out the old stuff. Well, until just a year and a half ago, people were still asking, "Are you really going to build that trail?" Well, I mean, we knew it. We did, but once in a while, you know, someone new comes along or it's been a long time and they haven't heard that for whatever reason they haven't heard about mm -hmm. it. And, and you have to say, oh my goodness, yes, I promise you that trail is going to get built. Um, but that communication, I think, is a critical component to keeping up the, the challenge. Yeah, I, I think, that, you know, going, going back to just how extensive the project is, right? Because when you do cut that ribbon later on this month, the park, the park line trail is going to connect essentially to 11 miles of existing other rails of trails around it within Flathead County, uh, westward and, 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 and seven miles to the south. So 11 miles west, seven to the south. And then you have the connection to the east um, on another trail system, which could connect that to Glacier. So essentially, you could take a trail from Kalispell directly to Glacier. So... You think about what that brings from a recreational tourist industry uh, aspect of of how you can 
you could because well, even though you're talking about some 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 interesting distances and some challenging environment, I mean that that's what a lot of people live for is is that trail network to be able to you know just take that right into the national park. Um, I mean, how how has that been? I, what are you expecting from I guess an economic development standpoint? Just once that is open and available to people. Well, it's even even before it's even open, connecting to the to the east, we're already seeing a a great influx of private envelop, development and and critical development that we need here in Kalispell. So we like to throw out the the figures of this was a forty million dollar public private partnership to get the trail and the and the park built. We've already seen over two hundred million dollars of private investment coming into downtown converting roughly 40, 45 acres of undeveloped or underdeveloped property along the core area. And that includes critical housing that in the Valley were dire needs. It sounds like across the United States, but really critical here in downtown Kalispell for apartment complexes. And now this trail allows, as, as Catherine mentioned earlier, availability of folks to that maybe don't have cars to reach food, groceries, medical care, right downtown without having to walk along the street or across the street in downtown Kalispell. And I think that safety component is is going to be felt um, and it's really important. So sometimes we forget how many of our uh, community members aren't driving, you know, for various for physical health reasons. It might be they're just not old enough yet. Um, it might be that you don't want my 99-year-old grandmother driving anymore. Um, but for all sorts of reasons, we have lots of folks, um, you know, and, and in the Flathead, it's a big thing. We have do have winter, so vehicles need to be safe for winter driving, and that's expensive. So this really is a, an opportunity for us to broaden, broaden our access to amenities to everyone in this community certainly within the town of Kalispell proper, but also reaching out to um, what you would say, I guess, is um, amenities that are recreational amenities as well. So, um, but that safety piece and making sure that people, pedestrians and bicyclists are um, removed from the vehicular path mm -hmm. uh, is piece, and we're really pleased about that. There are so many wins in this project. It, you sort of run out of fingers to count them on. That's what we like to hear. Um, I'm going to ask one, one more thing before I kick it over to Chris. I don't want to hog the mic here, but it's just out of curiosity. I mean, with, with the recent, I mean, everybody's been looking at the recent weather effects of the, of the storms and, and just the rain affecting, you know, the, the entire area uh, near Glacier. Uh, did, did the, uh, the rains affect the project at all, or was, was it left unscathed? It actually was really beneficial for us. We we put out most of our plants this spring and seeded. And now instead of having basically a corridor of 100 feet of gravel and ballast material, we now have a green scape through town. There you basically go. 100, Fantastic. Almost 100 feet wide in many places. Yeah. It, so it, it helped us out. We were just lucky enough that we had great weather last year. We got a lot of work done, a lot more than we thought we would get done. Um, mm -hmm last year and we're really, we're really looking forward to the opening we've got a nice green scape through the town of Kalispell 
Yeah, that's that's great to hear. So so outside of what we've talked about with the brownfield sites and how the community has responded, are there any other challenges or new innovations that you'd like to highlight from the project that that you found or you you discovered? I think one that we did is, and it's and it's new up here in Kalispell. We did have a um, concrete contractor that basically poured the trail using a machine that basically formed the 12 foot wide trail right through town. So instead of having to go out there and use traditional forms and it, it, this, they just basically started one end and worked to the other, other area and formed the trail all the way through. So that helped us out a lot last year in getting the trail done basically within two weeks, which would have been months of forming and pouring concrete in sections. And that worked out really well. That was probably the, I would think that one of the bigger um, innovations that came from this project here. I don't know how innovative it is, and it's certainly not a technical piece, but I, I would mention that there was a lot of, um, a lot of skepticism in this community. I mean, for, for this community to get a $10 million grant, we, I'm not sure we'd ever seen one before. For a community so, of 20,000 people. Yeah, yeah. 20,000 people here, right? I, I don't know that we'd ever seen a $10 million grant before. And then we, as a community, um, you know, the city actually, in, in the end, when it came to finally finishing off that trail, I mean, the city put in many millions also um, into the 10 million range, more than that actually, uh, which, you know, a lot of folks back in 2015, 2015, when we finally got a tiger grant, um, didn't, they didn't see that happening. I mean, and so we, we actually partnered TIF dollars, tax increment financing dollars with, um, with, money that came from BNSF and WACO and then against the Tiger Grant and the EPA and EDA. So all of those pieces came together, the traditional layer cake that we talk about. Um, but the other thing that I think is really important is you have to get over some of that skepticism of, well, we can't do it. It's never been done before. I mean, we have a mall, um, like many communities do, uh, that was built in 1985. And at that time, they wanted to put it right in the center of town and the tracks were there. So they tried to get rid of the tracks and they were able to get the tracks pushed north half a block. So when you come in, you know, the mid to 2010, let's say, and you say, well, we're going to try to pull the tracks out of town completely. We're going to keep them because we recognize that that's a critical component. We want to keep our businesses, but we just don't want to keep the track where it was. People would actually said, to us, you know, actually councilmen said, you know, if it hasn't been done in 30 years, it can't be done. And so that's something to get over as a community is to believe in yourself. And and I I admit to beginning to call myself a zealot. Like I was like, okay, I, I'm a believer in, in our community and in, in this project. And you need the, the technical piece, you need the innovations, and we needed the engineering that KLJ brought along for us, um, and Mark in particular. Uh, and at the same time, you, the technical piece isn't enough. You have to have the hearts of people to believe in themselves and in their communities and that this investment will work and that it's important. 
and that they can do it and be successful. And so we're only just beginning to see the, the fruits of all of that work. Yeah. I mean, that's what we like to hear. I mean, it's, it's the exact, it's an example of when you take a client with um, an idea and drive and the willingness to kind of do something that hasn't been done before. And you tie that with an engineer who is willing to, you know, take innovative steps to, to accomplish that goal that you can result in something which is unexpected and, and can have a, a massive impact on a community in, in ways that at the start weren't even considered, right? You, you, you can have this thing where, where you might have a goal of remove of, of dealing with brownfield uh, brownfields about dealing with this track that that that's been a been an issue, but still you know maintaining all of the all of the economic um, uh, activity within a community in, enhancing that activity and creating new opportunities. Uh, so it's a, you know it's, there was a reason why you know this project was awarded uh, at the at the state level with Montana ACEC at their own EA awards and of course for as a national recognition award winner uh, at the national awards because it's that example of engineering excellence. Um, you know, Chris, um, you know, what else do you uh, do you have? No, I think I think this has been a, a great discussion. Um, I I don't really have any other questions, uh, Catherine, Mark. Anything else that you'd like yeah. to add that? you know, we haven't covered. If I, if I may, sure. I just think that for 120 years, the railroad established and built and maintained Kalispell. It, for the downtown location, we saw the end of BNSF or the railroad's influence. It's picked up with a new rail park. We're hoping that this new trail downtown will spur that, continue to spur economic development downtown the next hundred years and, and initially we're seeing that come to fruition and so i think that's for catherine and i hopefully i can speak for catherine it's been an, a, an immense pleasure and honor to be able to um be part of a project that's transforming kalispell that i think the legacy will be here for the next hundred years yeah i guess for my part, I would say this project has been a gift. I mean, a gift to us as a community uh, to find that that we, with all our, and it's a small town, but we still have lots of our differences, um, and yet we could come together with a shared goal, and we could work for a very long time to make it happen um, and overcome those differences and doubts and challenges, and there were many. Uh, and, and now, I mean, it just puts a smile on my face every time I, <laughs> I drive across or I get anywhere near that, that park line trail. And um, to see people using it, even when it wasn't quite open, um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, it just, I just can't help but smile every time I see it. And, and I am so proud of our, of our community and happy to have been a part of that. And, and to have gotten to work with some really amazing people. Um, that was a gift to me personally. Well, the future is certainly bright in Kalispell, Montana. And thank you both, Mark and Catherine, for joining us. This has been another episode of the Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. We'll catch you next time.